Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating the Noise, a podcast series brought to you by CHPA, the Corporate Housing Providers Association. I'm Brian David Johnson, your futurist and the host for the podcast. Welcome to episode three of Navigating the Noise, where we're going to look at screens, speakers, and AI, or as we've been thinking about it, the unstoppable technical progression. Now, I know that sounds a little bit ominous, but I think it is that important. Um, if anybody who has worked with me or listened to the podcast or seen me speak knows that, yes, I am a technological futurist, I am a geek, but I do think that specifically for the future of corporate housing and long-term rentals, these technologies are very important and actually are going to be very important. And in other episodes, we'll discuss other technologies and things like that, but for this one, we really wanted to focus on those three. So as we do in all our episodes, we will examine our subject from multiple angles, getting different perspectives and ideas on the subject. The podcast is broken into three segments. The first one is called The Road Ahead, where I explore my futures research, looking outside of the industry at the bigger picture. And to do this, I'll bring in a special guest who has an interesting perspective or has been doing some writing or some research in this area. Next, we'll have Marianne Passy, the CEO of CHPA, and I will discuss the implications of these futures with industry leaders in a section we like to call What Matters. And then finally, we'll discuss some pragmatic actions you can take today to prepare for the future in our final segment called Three Things to Do. And with that, let's get started. Looking out at the road ahead, we can see that the progression of technology, it's not a new thing. You know, from the hand axe to the industrial revolution, we have shaped our tools and our technology, and then our tools and technology has shaped our culture, our business, even our hands. I think here's a, a great story I wanted to call out today on the show. There's a, a story that I've heard Jeff Kowalski tell. Now, Jeff is the CTO of Autodesk. And Many of you may have heard of Autodesk because they're a toolmaker, they're a software toolmaker, really best known for creating AutoCAD. And this was a piece of software a while back that really transformed the market of architecture and design and construction. And Jeff tells this story, which is based upon a study from 2013, and I'll, uh, I'll post it. There's a great uh, uh, article from New Scientist that talks about this study that was done in 2013 by these scientists that were looking back 1.4 million years in studying hand bones. And so what Jeff in the story and also these scientists are talking about is that so human beings, we made the hand axe. Certainly that was a tool that we made. And if you've all not seen the hand axe, it's basically a, a triangular, uh, triangular rock, basically. But, you know, the hand axe was a tool that was used, you know, for banging things and, you know, cutting wood and hitting different things, you know, and that design was made for our hands. And so we designed the hand axe. But if your hand was better at grasping the hand axe, if your, if your hand was actually built for that, then you generally were better off than the other humans around you who couldn't grip it. So it's kind of interesting because we made the hand axe, but then also if you were better at using the hand axe, you were generally more successful. So our hands look like they do partially because they were good at grasping the hand axe. And I think that shows the great kind of symbiotic relationship that we have with our tools. So what are the tools that are beginning to shape today that will transform our businesses and markets tomorrow? And there are very specific tools that I wanna flag in this show, and they are screens, speakers, and artificial intelligence, or what most people call AI. And these are transformative technologies. 
in a very particular order. So screens, speakers, and AI, and I do that in a very particular order. Now, why these technologies? So as a technological futurist and an engineer, when I see these technologies, they're all governed by what's called I.O., or shifts in I.O. And what I.O. is, it's just a really kind of fancy geek way of basically saying input-output, I and O, input-output. How do we communicate with the machines, and how do the machines communicate with us? So with I.O., for me, when I look at them, it's all about input and output. Now, why that order? Well, because that order is the timeline by which these devices and technologies are making their way into our lives. That's the unstoppable technical progression part of this episode in the title. So let's talk about screens first. So screens, we all know screens. And, you know, we've had the PC revolution. We've had smartphones. We've had smart TVs. It's all these different devices and screens. And for the longest time, screens were the primary way that we acted and interacted with devices. I actually wrote a book um, about a decade ago called Screen Future, the future of entertainment, computing, and the devices we love, where I had put out there, it was some work that I had done way back in 2005, looking forward to the year of the far off future, which was 2015 at the time. And I put forth the idea that at, at the time we were thinking about, you know, PCs and desktops and laptops. And it was really before smartphones had taken off and but televisions and the kind of radical idea that I had put out there that really it wasn't about devices anymore. It was about screens. Ultimately, it was about I.O., input-output, and that all these screens were basically going to become the same thing. And, as, of course, as we've all seen, this has essentially happened, that you can watch TV on your TV, you can watch TV on your handhelds, you can do email on your smartphone, but it doesn't really matter. But it's all about that single-screen I.O., and as we've all seen at the end of the 20th century and into the 21st century, certainly screens have transformed our businesses. And wherever that screen is and wherever you put a screen, you can see some sort of uh, transformation. Even, even today, you're seeing it as you have a screen in your pocket that's really changed how we're doing things. But what comes after that visual I.O.? Well, that's the second piece of technology that's in our title, speakers. This we've just started seeing. We started seeing more and more smart speakers. And over the past few years with things like Alexa and Google Home and Cortana, You've seen these different devices moving in and more and more people using them. Now, for me, why I find them significant, I'm not so worried about the devices themselves or what the devices look like. For me, again, I look at I.O. How are we interacting with those devices? And the really meaningful thing for me about the speakers is the way that we're interacting with them is voice. And this, I do believe, is incredibly transformative. And why? It's because human beings communicate via voice. You're listening to a podcast right now. We talk to each other and we're very good at communicating that way. It's been my argument for many years that screens and using keyboards were actually turning human beings more into machines. Uh, hopefully you all know the story about the QWERTY keyboard. The QWERTY keyboard was designed to slow human beings down when it was first designed on a typewriter because it was all about the typewriter keys and the arms of the typewriter and that we wouldn't want to go too fast because they would get all tangled up. So literally, the QWERTY keyboard was made to make us make sure we type slower. Now think about that. It was turning us more into a machine and slowing us down so that we could communicate with the machine. But now with these smart speakers, it means that we can just talk to them. And this to me is amazing as an input output. And that, as you're beginning to see, and I think this is why it's taking off, and I think it's just the beginning of it. So as we think about that I.O., that new form of interacting, I think it's going to be really transformative. It's going to allow us to do our business in a really different way and also how people interact with the spaces in which they live in. 
And the final piece of IO, the final piece of technology that in our title is artificial intelligence, AI. Now this is very new and certainly there's a lot of noise around it. So in the spirit of navigating the noise, we're gonna talk about it quite a bit. Um, but I will put forward just here that this new form of IO could be a relationship-based IO. That you can talk to the machine, the machine can talk to you, but also the machine can understand you. It can learn from you, it can know you. And imagine what that would be like. What would it be like to have a sentient tool? What would it be like? And I've done some research in sentient tools, which we'll post um, some links to on the site, and which I've talked about in other venues. But what would it be like to have a sentient home or a sentient office building that knows you, communicates with you, is social? I think this, again, is, a, is a quite a radical transformation. And this is going to happen, I think, a bit further out. And so in the spirit of navigating the noise, we're going to talk about this a bit more and kind of dive into it. But in general, you know, what does this mean for business? You know, largely the current business that has people, has very little automation. In it. That technology is changing how the industry is connecting and interacting with customers. The expectation for instant connectivity and choice is not only there, but it's increasing. And these changes outside of this industry in places like retail and travel are changing people's expectations. I mean, now with Amazon's Alexa, you can just ask Alexa for Tide detergent and Tide detergent shows up at your door. That to me is amazing. That is a genie in the bottle. You just ask for something and magically it shows up. That's the unstoppable technical progression. So just as with screens, I think we are witnessing with voice and soon we will see more and more with AI, these technologies will not slow down. They will only keep coming because there are far too many business applications and productivity benefits that we're gonna get from them. So to dive into this a bit further, I've invited a guest onto the show who's done quite a lot of writing and quite a lot of thinking in this area. Steve Brown is an accomplished speaker, author, strategist, and executive coach. As a former futurist and the chief strategist at the Intel Corporation, Steve has over 30 years of experience in high tech, half of that spent in strategic planning. He speaks at both public and private events all over the world, helping his audiences to understand the business and societal impacts of new technologies and how they will shape the future five, 10, and 15 years from now. Steve has been, focused, has been featured on the BBC, CNN, Bloomberg TV, ABC News, CBS Wired, The Wall Street Journal, and many, many other media outlets. Now, from a technical perspective, Steve knows what he's talking about. He holds a Bachelor of Science and a Master of Engineering degrees in uh, Microelectronic Systems Engineering from Manchester University. He now lives in Portland, Oregon, where he runs his own speaking and consulting business under the brand Bald Futurist. Please join me in welcoming the Bald Futurist, Steve Brown. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Ah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now, as everybody heard in that introduction, so Steve and I have worked together for many years. Steve and I were both futurists at the Intel Corporation, so we've done a lot of work in this area. And so, Steve, today on the show, we're talking about this unstoppable technical progression, so screens and speakers and artificial intelligence. And first, let's start with screens. So, Steve, you and I did a lot of work with screens when we were back at Intel. You know, we've had the PC revolution, the internet revolution, the smartphone revolution, a lot of revolutions. And, you know, we, they did make a lot of change. We saw those changes. And now, of course, we're starting to see speakers 
and this beginnings of artificial intelligence. And those are the kind of two topics. I know you've been kind of doing quite a lot of writing and quite a lot of speaking about, especially around artificial intelligence and really building up quite a lot of expertise in that area. But before we go there, let's actually take a step back a little bit. Let's, let's kind of get back into our, uh, you know, our, our PC, laptop, smartphone days, and let's talk about sort of screens and now speakers. How do you see that changing how we work and how people see and do business? Uh, where will screens take us next? Um, I mean, people have, have used screens to access information, to share, uh, to communicate better, um, to do presentations and all of those things. But screens themselves have come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, everything from the screens we can put in our pockets to the screens that we put on our walls. Um, but those screens are going to become different over time. Um, as we move forward, screens are still going to be important because we will still want to be able to see information. We are visual creatures and our brains develop to process information visually. Uh, so screens will still be important, but they might be very different than we know them today. Uh, some of them are going to be flexible. Um, some of them will be foldable um, and some of them will be virtual. Uh, once we move into the era of augmented reality, a TV will no longer be a you know, fifteen hundred dollar product you buy at Costco um, and bring home in the back of the pickup truck because it's so huge. Uh, instead, it will be a two dollar app that you install in your glasses. So screens are still going to be around. They're still be important because we're visual creatures. But the nature of screens is going to change drastically over the next five to ten years. Now, how about speakers? How about as you move forward into speakers? You know, as this. As I was saying at the top of the show, what I call I.O., right, input-output to get back to our nerdy roots. And so, you know, as mm -hmm. you say, human beings are visual. Certainly, we're visible. And that's why I think there was, again, all those revolutions. But now we're moving to a different type of I.O. around voice. What do you see? And as you've been working with your clients and as you've been doing your own research and writing, I know you do quite a lot of that. What do you think about voice? What do you think about voice as an I.O.? What do you think effect do you think that could have? <laughs> well, voice is one of those technologies that you know, I've been in the technology business now for 30 years. And for most of that 30 years, uh, breakthroughs in voice interfaces was always just about three years away. You know, we kept waiting and three years would pass and it would still be three years away. And now we're getting to an era where artificial intelligence has given us the breakthroughs to where it's no longer three years away. It's now here. And it, that breakthrough means that we now have... Uh, a really capable voice interface. And you know, we're talking now, we're using our voices to communicate now. That is a very natural modality for human beings. We're visual creatures and we also develop language 100,000 years or so ago. And that allowed us to differentiate ourselves as a species. So it's a natural way of communicating. And for the first time really in you know, 50 years of computing history, now we have computers that can see, hear, and understand the world. And it's only going to get better over time. And I think the reason the voice is important is not just that it's natural, but it's, it's a way of, you know, we, we communicate voice with, with voice in the moment. When we think of something we need, um, I don't want to have to walk over to a computer and then start typing things in. I may want to do it hands-free. So voice is, is hands-free. It's more kind of um, impulsive interface. And very soon, it's going to become a lot more conversational. I mean, we've all used... I would imagine Cortana, Siri, Alexa, Google Assistant on our devices, um, we all know how limited they are, right? They usually understand what we're, gonna, what we're saying, 
they don't always understand uh, and are able to act upon what they're saying, but we certainly know it's not conversational. You say something to Alexa, you ask her to do something, um, she tells you the weather, but if you follow it up with, well, what about in Seattle? She has to start the conversation all over again. There's no to and fro. That is about to change because of the latest breakthroughs in AI. So voice is becoming a much more um, rich interface that I think will solve a lot more business problems, particularly uh, for customer service and support. Uh, we're going to start to be able to build chatbots and voice agents that approach the abilities of sort of more basic human conversations. And that will allow businesses to focus their humans on the more complex interactions with customers um, and suppliers. So it's a pretty exciting time. Um, I think what the other thing it means is we're all going to get a PA. <laughs> you know, whatever your job, you're going to have a PA. Whatever, even if you don't have a job, you'll have your own personal assistant that will come in the form of a voice agent. So we're all going to be both managing technology, managing our assistants, um, but also managed by them. I mean, if you, anybody that's had a PA, you know that to some extent you are managed by your PA. They tell you where to go, where, where to be, and when. Um, so we're going to be managed by technology and managing technology, and that's, that's part of the world that we'll be entering. And you've done a good job queuing up the next leap. So certainly, as you said, sort of artificial intelligence is the machine kind of behind that is allowing for these for these voice agents, as you said, for these, these new personal assistants. Are there other ways that you see artificial intelligence affecting business, possibly maybe not today or two years or three years, but maybe four or five, ten years from now, as you start to look a little bit further out in the, the research and the work that you do, what other ways do you see artificial intelligence transforming business? Well, I think any business is going to be transformed by AI the same way they've been transformed by the the previous digital revolution. So I, I think about the AI, AI, AI as the second coming of computing. So we had sort of a good run of 40 to 50 years of digital computing, traditional digital computing, which gave us spreadsheets and PowerPoint and email and databases and the internet, all the things that we take for granted today. And computing has solved a lot of problems, um, particularly business problems. Um, artificial intelligence is a very different type of technology. While it's still currently grounded on digital, it's fundamentally an analog technology, and it solves a completely different set of problems than traditional computing. It's what's enabled uh, computers to drive cars, to uh, have robots that can safely exist in human environments, and have voice agents and things we just talked about. So it is solving a different set of problems, and the same way that businesses had to integrate traditional digital computers into their workflows over the past 30 to 40 years, they're going to have to do the exact same process all over again for AI, but use it to solve a different set of business problems. And what that means is um, every business is going to have to look at every one of their major business processes, split them down into the various different constituent tasks that are currently done by people, and look very carefully at each of those tasks and say, is this task best done by a human? best done by an algorithm, typically an AI, or best done by a robot? And how do I build teams that are partnerships between humans, AIs, and robots working together? So in my mind, the new diversity is going to be working alongside non-humans in teams. And we're going to have to retrain people to be comfortable working in teams where some of their teammates are not human. And so it's an opportunity for businesses to not only 
automate or semi-automate some of their major business uh, processes, which helps them be more effective um, and perhaps more efficient at them, but to boost the overall humanity in their brands and in the way they, they talk to customers, because that allows them to focus their human labor on spending more face-to-face -face time with customers, whether your customer is you know, someone checking into uh, an apartment or uh, someone coming into a doctor's office. So it's really, to me, it, it's, it's an opportunity for every business to, to use technology responsibly, not as a way to just cut down on labor costs. Any, any company that does that, the, what they'll do is they'll just cut their way to the bottom. They'll have no differentiation from their, comp from their competition, and then they're going to fight on, on price. So really, anybody going into this era needs to be identifying very clearly what is their brand promise? What is their, what's the humanity in their brand? And how do they use automation and AI as a way to amplify that humanity and thus amplify their ultimate differentiation um, and use that to, to better the offering that they have for their customers? Yeah, I think making sure that even though we're talking about this unstoppable technical progression that ultimately every business, all business, is about people and as you say being able to amplify that i think that's uh, that's spot on well steve brown the bald futurist it is always a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for coming on the show today your uh, your insights as always are so very very helpful so thank you so much steve my pleasure always would like to talk to you brian welcome to what matters the second section of the podcast where we take the broad futures that we've just explored and figure out what really matters to chpa members as well as the corporate housing and long-term rental industry so what will screens, speakers, and artificial intelligence mean to the business of corporate housing? And what data will feed into them? We do know that the progression of technology will continue to put pressure on this sector and on current models, offering up new opportunities and ultimately transforming the space. Whether that be instant bookings or online management tools, it could be from how you establish a connection and a relationship with your customers or the entire experience planning process. Many, many questions. So today, we're going to have a roundtable discussion about what different people in the industry are seeing, and more importantly, what are they doing to prepare and get out in front of these changes. So let's get started. As we always do in this segment, I'd like to welcome back to the show, Marianne Patsy, CEO of CHPA. Hello, Marianne. Who do you have for us today? Hi, Brian David. Uh, we have a couple people with us today. So we first, uh, we have Scott Shefford. He is co-founder and chief executive officer of AirDNA, the author of the Airbnb's Expert Playbook, and an Airbnb entrepreneur for several years. He founded AirDNA in 2014 to empower other hosts and investors to increase their success by using big data. So Scott is an outspoken advocate of the sharing economy, and he's appeared on national broadcasts such as Nightline and Fox News, advocating its merits. So as a board member of the Los Angeles Short-Term Rental Alliance, he also meets with city planners to advise them on fair and effective home-sharing legislation. We also have several CHPA leaders joining us today. We've got Jennifer Breen, CCHP, president of Sweet Home Chicago, and she's responsible for their sales and operational teams. And Gabriel Wacker, CCHP of Sweet Options, is regional manager for an Oakwood and Executive franchise. So they recently also surveyed some other members for additional insights into what's trending right now in terms of tech. So Jen and Gabriel and Scott, thanks for joining us to share the tech tools that your teams use, both behind the scenes and in your apartment so, to keep up with the demands of today's clients. So Brian, back to you. 
That's excellent, Marianne. Always, always a good collection of people. So what we're going to explore and dive into is what will these screens and speakers and AI mean to the, the future of the sector? So let's just dive right in. So Jen, let's start with you. So how have screens, pervasive connectivity, and even the early use of smart speakers changed or affected how you're doing business? How do you think that might change in the next few years? Um, we've seen especially our screens and smartphones bridge the gap between our office and our field teams. Um, our teams out in the field are all equipped with smartphones. They're able to uh, FaceTime us right away, take us through a virtual walkthrough of a unit. It changes the way we um, get our units ready, prep them. We're able to look live um, with them and walk, them, walk the apartment virtually with them. In addition to have real-time photos, um, where they, they go right into Dropbox. We're able to instantaneously um, speak to our clients and give them real information from the apartments as we're walking them. So it's really helped us build um, a quick, like an easy gap that we were missing, um, the void we used to have between our field team and our, our office team. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so so streamlining that that connection, both sort of visually and, and data-wise. Yeah, that makes great sense. Hey, Gabriel, uh, how about you? What, what are you seeing? Yeah, I'd say the difference of what we're seeing evolve um, is how people consume media. Um, you know, the traditional cable that we've always included in our in our um, apartments is starting to change, and we're starting to evolve into offering streaming options. And I really see that as going to be some of the big changes that we're going to see over the next couple of years. Um, again, how people consume media, because I think people are going to want their personal connection with whether it's whether it's their Netflix account or their Amazon account. They want to have that personal media experience and not your standard cable package. So we're, we're currently, you know, integrating in some some streaming cable options, and I, I just am curious to see how that's going to evolve over the next couple of years with 5G internet just, you know, starting to enter the markets and, you know, being, we'll probably be more mainstream in just a couple of years and how that could evolve into even the next step where people may even not need cable in their apartments, what the traditional cable service, because they have it in a mobile, you know, they can take it with them now and they can just, whether it's on their phone or on their whatever media device, and they can just cast it to the TV or the video display monitor that you have in the apartment. So that's the things that I see changing in the industry. Yeah, so, so a different take there, Gabriel. That's, that's really great. So whereas Jen was looking more at the business side, you're looking more at the sort of the experience side of the people inside of the units and certainly seeing how all of those screens and that connectivity, you know, the, the golden age, the new golden age of sort of television and entertainment being sort of hyper-personalized. How about you, Scott? You've got, you know, I'm, I guess a very different perspective on this. You kind of come in. What are, what are you seeing? How is, how is it affecting business? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, I'll take a kind of a different approach. I think it is going to affect the way people are marketing their properties, the way people are finding the properties, the way people are booking properties. Um, so I know, for an example, you know, everybody's building apps for these new Echo devices, the Alexa devices. And it's not really a very, it's a pretty near future where people will be able to say, hey, book me a seven-night stay in LA directly to Alexa and they'll book a property, right? And so I think, you know, the way that people are going to be able to market their materials and the way people are going to be able to kind of consume uh, material on where they're going to book is going to be changing a lot. I also think that, you know, just general smart home technology, you know, people are, are investing in smart thermostats and smart locks and, uh, you know, different smart devices in their home. 
and there's going to want and expect that in their in their vacation rental rentals in the future, right? And so I think it's just going to be kind of table stakes in the future. Is just, you know people are going to want to have at least as cool of a place to stay when they're on their business trip than they do at, at their own home. Yeah, and that's really uh, Scott. What we we talked about at the at the top of the show where we were really getting into. Uh, when I was talking to a futurist by the name of Steve Brown around, you can see screens as being kind of the input output of the late 20th and into the 21st century. And now you're seeing voice being the kind of new way that you're, you're interacting with these devices. And it does, it creates a really different kind of environment for how you interact with them. And it is, it is early days, but now I want to take the three of you a, a little further out into the future. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence or AI as, as some people refer to it. Now, AI is, Certainly very new. You know, it is for many people something of science fiction. That's all they know. But, you know, in the real true spirit of this podcast, Navigating the Noise, we want to have some pragmatic conversations about AI. Like, what does it really mean? What does it really matter to this industry? And as folks who have certainly very different perspectives and coming at technology in different ways, we're really interested to, to find out what you think about it. So, Jen, we're going to, again, we're going to start with you. What do you think about AI? You know, is it on your radar at all? Do you feel like it's going to affect what you do? Are you positive about it? Are you negative about it? What, what, what are you thinking? We're just trying to keep up. Um, while I'm not a robot yet, with all the platforms out there, especially for sales, I do feel like sometimes my industry is becoming a little robotic in the way we have to provide um, options and sell to our clientele. There's more and more platforms out there. Um, and I understand they are more efficient sometimes um, in the the real-time booking, you just feel like things are becoming a little bit more automated and all your information has to be stored and ready to go for instant, instantaneous booking. So like I said, um, while there's not robots in my office, sometimes our inside sales team feels that way because they're just completely um, working each day and putting that same information over and over into various platforms um, out there that have consolidated our, our industry a bit. You make, a, you make a great point, Jen. I mean, that's one of the things that, that we, we talked about on this podcast and, and I've talked about with uh, PHPM members is that, you know, in a world where artificial intelligence and machines do all the work, I begin to see a future, if, if this is handled correctly, where the human contact is a premium. Where, because we always have to remember that what we're doing is we're dealing with human beings. We're handling not only their experience, but their health and their safety. You know, it's where they're going to sleep. So I do think that there is a place for humans in this world, but it certainly is early, early informing. So how about you, Gabriel? What 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 are you seeing? What are what are your thoughts on artificial intelligence? Yeah, I'd say I'm similar with Jen. I think we, I you know, I have an idea of what what AI is, and it is on our radar, but I don't have a you know great grasp on it or a game plan how to address it. Um, I see it as you know really creating more automation. Um, and then also everybody's been speaking about real-time availability, the ability to book, book online. That's really the thing that we're really focusing on. Um, it's just the instantaneous availability and being able to book online. Great. Yeah. And I, and I wonder, you know, as you start to apply these technologies, especially artificial intelligence, you know, what, what will it mean to streamline decisions? What will it mean? So just as Jen was saying previously around how screens and pervasive connectivity has really streamlined the, the business, just the day-to-day -day business, there is, I also think, something where you can begin to see how, you know, AI might be able to streamline some of the more kind of mundane tasks or some of the decision-making. Uh, but let's go, let's go to Scott. What, what do you think, Scott? What, from, from your point of view, when you think about AI, and specifically, and certainly a lot of the back-end things and a lot of the work that you do, 
kind of just starting to scratch up against that. What, what, what are you seeing when it comes to artificial intelligence? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the prerequisites for AI is great data, really high frequency data and a lot of information, right? And so we are trying to kind of solve that issue right now without lots of information, you know, very good decisions and automated decision making is really, really difficult. And with such a kind of a fragmented market, you know, getting all that data together to make the best decision is really, really difficult. So I think we're kind of at that first step of a long road uh, to get to AI, which is getting great data. And, you know, right now we try to provide a lot of observational information, which then somebody can look at that and then make a good decision. Next step is, you know, take the person out of the equation, know what a good decision is based off of the good data and make good recommendations. Right. And then I think after you make good recommendations, you don't even make recommendations anymore. You just do it. Right. And so I think we still kind of got a couple more steps before we get to true AI. And it's really based off of really good data to start with. Scott, I'm, I'm really glad you called that out. And, and, and Marianne, I want to I want to go to you and kind of hear about what you've been seeing in these areas. But before we do that, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something that that has come up in my research quite a lot is that it is all about the data, to be quite honest, as a person who builds artificial those algorithms, those machine learning algorithms, honestly are useless. They're absolutely useless until they have data, until they have good data that is fed into them and good quality of data. And that's ultimately really what, what we're trying to get to is how do we make sure that the, that the data that you're getting and the data that you're making is, is actually quite good. So what, what do you think, Marianne, as, as you've been kind of seeing, you know, you certainly are traveling all over, talking to a lot of people, a lot of members, when it comes to the, the sort of ongoing technological rush and certainly as we get to the, the edge of, of AI, what, what things are you seeing and hearing? Well, I'm seeing a lot of what Gabriel and Jen are mentioning. So we've got members that are struggling with trying to keep um, their inventory updated on real-time inventory sites um, if they're using that in aggregators and, and, the, and the repetition in their efforts. So I know they're struggling with that a little bit. Um, but then uh, Gabriel and Jen also did an interesting thing at our uh, regional conference recently in Chicago, and they uh, had a uh, smart uh, apartment, a mock-up of a smart apartment, and people got to feel and touch it and see it. And so members are actually interacting with the interactive technology, if you will, um, to see what's possible in some of the apartments. Um, and I think for some of our members, that was new to them. Uh, I think we've got some members, too, that are holdouts, if you will, um, or, or I should say um, slow adapters of some of the technology. One, because they don't have the bandwidth or they may not understand it. But two, also, I think they feel that it separates them from the personal relationships that they have with their clients. That's how they've traditionally run their businesses. That's what they, uh, that's what they rely on to be their service differential. And so I think they're, they're um, hesitant on some of this uh, technology because they think that that's going to uh, negatively impact uh, all of the, um, the, the great relationship skills they've used in building their businesses. That's on the one hand, BDJ. But on the other hand, what Scott was saying in terms of data and trying to pull that together, that's why recently CHPA board members have invested money to help create this new data gathering platform that we're building together with our partner, Datalytics, uh, called CHPA Analytics. And it's to do just that, provide that data for our segment of the industry. And then Scott and I have also been talking about how we can maybe integrate some of the AirDNA data as well 
to give people and our members and our member companies the information they need to compete effectively and grow their business in the future and keep up with client demands. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a fascinating area as, as you look at what's happening with technology. Now, as many of you know, I'm a huge nerd, so that's, I'm always going to be fascinated by the technology, but I, it's really interesting seeing how it is really affecting the, the, the industry. So from, from what, you've, what, what all three of you and really all four of you with you, Marianne, have said is that, yeah, it really does seem like that navigating through this world is, is number, you know, kind of understanding that you know, with screens and with smart speakers and with this connectivity, that that does have business impact and business impact to how businesses are run kind of behind the scenes, but also that, that customer experience and how you interact with them. And then, you know, when it comes to AI, you know, don't believe the hype, don't believe the noise, right? You've got to remember that it is coming, but for right now, those applications are still still very early, early days. Um, and I think that's um, actually really, really great advice and a great perspective. So I want to say, Jen, Gabriel, and Scott, thank you so much. Your, your perspectives and their, your different perspectives are so very helpful. Um, and as well as, and as always, Marianne, uh, thank you so much. Um, this was really, really great. And I, I appreciate all, all four of you coming on the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our third and final segment of the show, Three Things to Do. This is where we take all of the topics and research and uh, discussions that we've had in the show and really boil them down and pick three specific actions you can take today to start preparing for tomorrow. As we always do in this segment, I want to uh, invite and uh, welcome back Marianne Passy, CEO of CHPA. Hello, Marianne. Hello, Brian David. All right, let's dive right in for our three things to explore. The first I want to call out, or the three things to do rather, and the first thing I want to call out is explore. So. It's obvious that screens and connectivity are here to stay. They certainly have made their way into our lives, but I wanna push people to continue to explore, explore how these screens and connectivity can enhance the way that you do business today. It could be telepresence, it could be apps, it could be real-time booking. It's really just like Jen said in the What Matters section. She had been using these devices to reduce the friction and uh, connect people between the office and the field. So I would really encourage you to continue to do that. Continue to find where these devices could help you do business better. And then while you're in this exploration mode, start to see well, what happens when these screens change and improve. Because these technologies are only going to continue to improve. And I want to draft off something that Steve Brown said at the top of the show. So what happens when you have a bendable screen? What happens when you have a foldable screen? How might you bring that into your business because certainly you'll be able to use those in really new, interesting and innovative ways. You know, I thought that part of Steve's presentation was really uh, interesting, or Steve's comments were really interesting because I could use a foldable or bendable screen. Kind of freaks me out, but um, I think it would be very <laughs> helpful um, instead of me dropping and replacing my screen uh, to have one that bounces. Uh, but I think our members are already exploring um, as you recommend. So they're exploring around um, some of these apps. Uh, I've used them. Uh, I know they've even improved them over the years uh, to improve and streamline the guest experience. So they're already in uh, playing in that, in that arena. Um, the other thing that we're seeing are new companies popping up to address the challenge that we face with this industry in real-time booking. Um, and so members are also exploring and trying to solve that problem to address uh, what, how members, or I'm sorry, how 
guests and clients um, operate in the rest of their lives to make uh, their stay with uh, corporate housing and service departments seamless as well. Yeah, I, and I just want to reiterate, Marianne, that it's these, these technologies are here to stay, I think we all know, and, and always continuing to explore and continuing to push and think about how it can have better business impact, I think is something that, that is important. And that really leads us to the, our second of the three things to do. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't normally in the three things to do really tell people to get going when it comes to new technologies, but I think when it comes to smart speakers, it's time. It is time to start experimenting. If smart speakers are here. They're not here in mass, but really over the last two years, they've come out um, quite big and broad. So I really think it's time to explore. If you don't have a smart speaker, get one, uh, try it out, uh, see how other people are using it, and look for new and novel ways to be able to use them. You know, they could be customer service, chat bots. They could just be the ability for somebody in your property just to ask for something, to ask for groceries, and then be able to have them come. Um, and then while you're doing that experimentation, keep an eye out for what others, others are doing. Like this is a time of experimentation. It is new, and it's okay if things don't go 100% great, but keep an eye out for what people are doing and keep an eye out for the numbers. You know, right now that these smart speakers are out there, they're mainly in the home. They haven't really made their way into businesses. I know with a number of clients that I work with that there's some security issues and some uh, uh, problems that might be there. So we know that they're out there in the home, so we should keep an eye on the uh, numbers of how people are using them in business because it's going to set a very different expectation. And I think those expectations are already being set, uh, Brian, in the hospitality sector. So, for example, the hotel that uh, the CHPA team and some members just stayed at uh, in downtown Chicago, this little boutique hotel, had smart speakers in, a, in each of the rooms um, already, and they've already incorporated to the way they do business. So it's probably just a matter of time before larger companies and larger hospitality uh, segments uh, or other segments in the hospitality realm um, start experimenting with these. So great tip. Yeah, and that's in the big part about that is the experimentation, right? It's the it's okay, right? It's okay if an experiment doesn't work, um, and that's why experimenting now is really important because maybe in two or three years the experimental phase will be over, and you want to make sure that you've got an idea and through your experimentation have really then started to develop a strategy for what it means for your properties. And now our third thing to do is watch. And this comes to AI, a subject that comes up quite a lot, but I really want to kind of talk about it here, that we want to keep watching it. Number one, I would say don't believe the hype. Keep an eye on it. When it comes to marketing, it's going to be important when it comes to connecting with customers. You know, when would an AI become a personal booking agent? This is something that is quite real. Uh, it's one of the things that we've seen come into the headlines just this year where Google announced that you may very well be talking to an artificial intelligence when they're making a booking on behalf of their owner or of their user. So you might be talking to them. You might be talking to an AI as a part of customer service, but it's still very new. So keep an eye on it. Don't believe the hype, but also be open. And this is a big part of the watching, that you can watch what's going on in leading markets, where people who are using AI, who are pushing it, and using it as a part of their business, using it as a part of their client or customer experience, and you can learn from that. I've talked to many members who said, we're not first movers, we are fast followers. Look what people are doing. So do that and continue to watch and see 
get the best known methods, find out what that RMI might be. And then if you're a first adopter, if you are one of these people who uses these new and novel technologies as a way to differentiate yourself, and get out there and get out there and start experimenting. Much as I said in the second thing to do around smart speakers, now is the time to experiment. I wouldn't say, you know, bet the whole business on it, certainly, but get out there, try to use it, see how you might apply it. And then I would ask you what you could, you know, share it with the rest of the, the people for CHPA and the members to say, here's how you found to use it. And people, I think, are already starting to uh, play around with AI. So uh, watch some of the competitors in our space uh, around artificial intelligence and, and what they're, how they're incorporating that. Uh, I think, again, that's a really good tip. I've heard members talk about their company's longer-term vision. It's not just um, to use it for the operation side of the business, but it's for them to have a customer who would be able to be, who's already staying, I guess it's already staying in one of their corporate apartments, say, you know, I, I really need an apartment uh, for two months in Paris. And then all of a sudden they have three uh, options open to them and it's already booked before they even leave the uh, apartment that they're staying in. So uh, people are doing it, competitors are doing it. Um, and so keep an eye out. I think that's a great, a great tip for members to follow. And Marianne, that's a great way to wrap us up. I think that connects all of our three things to do, explore, experiment, and watch. Everything from the screens to the smart speakers to AI to really understand that these are not isolated technologies. They don't live in an island. Ultimately, they're all going to be integrated together and they're going to be integrated into our businesses. So I think that's a wonderful way to wrap us up today. Thanks, Brian David. And thank you to everyone for listening to Navigating the Noise podcast brought to you by CHPA. So, as always, please reach out to us and let us know what else you'd like to hear about, what else you'd like to ask BDJ, or if you can pose a question and stump the futurist, uh, feel free to email me that at map at chpaonline.org, follow us on Twitter at chpaonline, or visit our website, www.chpaonline.org forward slash future to keep up with what's going on and what's coming up in the future. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here on Navigating the Noise, brought to you by CHPA. We'll talk to you again soon.